as I aged, I went on and off with fitness. And I found myself at a point in my life where I was a non-trad in school and realized that I wanted to do something more that allowed for me to help people in a way that was impactful and meaningful. And that was through fitness. I didn't know that you could do a career with, with this. I was fortunate enough to say, hey, uh, let's go and try this out. And without looking back, I made the best decision of my life. Cheesy intro line in three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Fitness Line Down podcast, where I am your host and owner extraordinaire, Corey Kreitz. Today, I have the great privilege of bringing on a guest that we have never, ever had. And this guest, I have met this person in person uh, multiple times. And the first time I met, uh, I believe, was in 2019 at the Perform Better Summit, and then you know, just kind of following each other in social. And then all of a sudden, like, I think it was in 2021, like in the fallish, late summer, this individual came all the way over to lacrosse to do a couple of days of just almost shadowing us to hear a fitness line down. And that was amazing. And I'll just tell you, it really stroked my ego more than it should have. I'm like, wow, people are driving to see my gym and to, like, it was great. And then we had the great opportunity to have him join us in 2022 for the DVRT level one and two certification. And I don't wanna be holding this a secret any longer. The person that I have today, uh, my guest, and the person you get the honor of listening to is Mr. William Sturgeon out of Restored Strength in Marshall, Minnesota. William, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, you know, and maybe, I don't know if our audience is quite familiar with you. Some of our people that have been in the gym might remember you joining us. And I'm sure all the people that were there for the certification, if they're listening, of course, you were a wonderful delight to have a lot of energy and, you know, kind of like a sponge is how I always like to think about you. You know, you're trying to absorb. I remember hearing at one time, like, don't try to be a know-it-all, try to try to be a learn-it-all, right? Like, and I, I always feel like that's kind of your passion is you want to understand things. You want to dive down to the deepest levels and really kind of unpack what's going on and what does that mean and how can you implement it and the benefits thereof. However, before we get too far into this, I, you know, Marshall, Minnesota, how, how big of a town is that? Uh, we're looking at about 14,000 people in total. Okay. So, I mean, it's not the smallest of towns, cities, but it's also not the metropolis. And this, if I remember correctly, this is more on the Western side of Minnesota, right? So you're pretty close to like the Dakotas, things like that. Yeah. We're about an hour and a half away from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So that's like the nearest big city that we have. Ah, Sioux Falls is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I know the, uh, boy, I forget when it was. Um, I want to say maybe it was 2019, maybe it was 2018. We took a family trip to, uh, to Mount Rushmore. And so, you know, we went through, went through the wonderful state of Minnesota to get to Sioux Falls so we could spend the night there because we got young kids. And then we made it all the way to Rapid City. And I mean, it's just a beautiful area. But back to Marshall, Minnesota. So you're sitting here and are you a native of Marshall, Minnesota? Have you always been or? No, I'm actually from a neighboring town about a half hour away, a town called Granite Falls. And it's maybe 3,000 people at most. 
Okay, okay. And so for me coming from there, moving to here was like, oh man, I'm in the city now. This is huge. So <laughs> well, I, I totally appreciate that because for myself personally, I went to high school in a town of 800 people. So when I came down to lacrosse, you know, and I mean, I have family that is from the Eau Claire, Wisconsin area too. So, but yeah, when I moved down to lacrosse, I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm a city guy now, even though there's, and I'm sure maybe this is true of Marshall. Like I, I think in Western Minnesota, like, you know, more of a rural area mm-hmm. is even though there is more city life than what you might be accustomed to with your 3000 uh, population, there's still so many advantages or opportunities to get out there and enjoy the outdoors. I know, you know, here in lacrosse, there's just so many things that we can do outside, you know, that it's not impacted by metropolis city life. Right. And I've always liked that when I've come out to visit you because I got to do some great hiking. Your guys' food there is awesome. Obviously, you and your community are the most welcoming bunch of people I've been around. And so I, I've i always told people now, it's like Wisconsin is one of my favorite places to be because it's it's a great blend of everything, food, nature. And uh, I can't remember for the life of me, I think it was like a vanilla orange uh ipa i don't drink but my girlfriend does and i brought her that because like i'm gonna bring you a surprise till this day she cannot stop talking about how good of a beer that is like the best beer she's ever (laughs) had i'm like well next time i go visit Corey, i'll be sure to bring back uh some more oh yeah find out where that you got that from i'm kind of interested now that seems to be an interesting blend of everything but yes in in wisconsin we we kind of know our brews i feel like a hobbit you know we know how to plan things we know how to eat and you know we have a fine taste for the ale uh but okay, so here we go. You know, let's kind of delve a little bit into let's let's let our audience know who is William Sturgeon. Bum, bum, bum. Let's just say like, what you know, we don't have to go through everything. But where was it when you first started finding out? Because I mean, you own a gym, Resource Strength, we'll get to that as well. But where was it you found out like fitness is pretty cool? Like I want to I want to do more about this. That was a great question. I would say it began early when I was 13. I uh, <laughs> I was never athletic. I had no hand coordination skills and I was a very chubby kid growing up. And so I remember this to this day, like so vividly, I was hanging out with my friends and my friend Nick came out and he took his shirt off and we we're like junior high. And I looked and I was like, oh man, he was just jacked right muscles and everything I was like before that he was a really small kid and so I looked at Nick I was like dude what did you do and he's like I just started lifting weights and then I started doing these things and for me I was like that's all I need as long as I have a an actionable step to take I'm to a T I will follow it until the end and so that's where it started with with myself and then as I aged I went on and off with fitness And I found myself at a point in my life where I was a non-trad in school and realized that uh, I wanted to do something more that allowed for me to help people in a way that was impactful and meaningful. And that was uh, through fitness. I didn't know that you could do a career with, with this. I was like... I asked our local personal trainer at the Anytime Fitness, I was like, well, what did you do? And she said that she went to school and got certified and did all these steps. And so I was fortunate enough to say, hey, uh, let's go and try this out. And without looking back, I made the best decision of my life. So when do you think that conversation with your uh, the trainer there at the uh, fitness facility, when do you think, what year was that? 
Oof. Um, I must have been 21 or 22. So I'd probably say about 2013 is when I started school. So it was 2012. I had the idea of like, hey, let's do this. And then 2013 came around towards the end. And I was like, hey, I'm serious about this. I'm going to go and do this. And so, yeah, that was my entrance there. Okay. Yeah. Just trying to get a little bit of a timeline of where we're at on the spectrum here. And then you know, so you're kind of thinking about fitness again. I'm assuming when you were in junior high and all the things you were introduced to in strength training was going to be your traditional bodybuilding exercises, right? Like all the barbells and dumbbells and machine-based weights. For sure. Um, was that kind of the track that you were on at the time too, when you were in college? I mean, you were just thinking about all that? Yeah, you know, that's that's, that's funny because when I entered the, the program uh, at the tech, because I started at a technical college and then progressed from there. And so uh, it was very heavily, I mean, like the broiest of bros. I was the brosif of bros, right? Wow, wow. Loved the machines, loved arm day, leg day, was trying to find the most uh, intense ways to tax my legs and whatnot. And so, yeah, it was heavily emphasized in bodybuilding. And I remember we had uh, students coming in to look at the program. And I remember saying, I'm going to own a gym that's uh, bodybuilding focus. And this is what we're going to do. And now <laughs> I'm in the complete opposite spectrum of that world. But yeah, it was focused there. And my introduction to functional fitness uh, was through my mentor. So we had a mentor as a, as a first year, they were a second year and they would help us with sticking to a routine. They got practice by coaching us and being our own personal trainer, which was great. And so he was really good at giving me the bro stuff I wanted. And I remember one day just asking, I was like, Wyatt, is there another, like another thing that we could do that's better than this? So that gets me even more results or something different. He's like, well, you could try doing like a push pull. And I was like, what's that? Hmm. He's like, well, you do upper body and you do lower body and you do upper body, you do lower body and then you're good. And I was like sold. And then that was in 2014 uh, that I was told about that. And then soon later was introduced to kettlebell training and signed up for uh, my RKC. And then from there, it's just like, I found the rabbit hole of functional fitness because the idea of using fitness as a tool for a means of improving the quality of someone's life was such a profound idea to me that said, hey, I wanted to help people. And that's my outlet to do that. Right. Well, you know, and I, I want to maybe backtrack a little bit, because if you're going to claim the title of Brosif, you might have to battle me because <laughs> I don't think I don't think many people know this. I don't share this too much, but you know, I was heavily influenced like you in bodybuilding things because that's all we knew. And I might have said this on the podcast a few times because, you know, you're talking about the time when you were influenced. Like, I remember for me, my influence, there was no internet, there was no YouTube, there was no anything like this. Like, I went to these gyms in rural Wisconsin, and I'm really happy that we had some of these gyms. We had some big dudes in there working out. So it's like, you have to ask these guys what they're doing. Like, you actually have to communicate with the people. You know, you just can't Google search it. You know, everything came through like, Iron Man magazine and muscle and fiction and all this. And so it was just like, wow. But I do remember going to college now because as you're mentioning all the, you know, the machine based weights and all this other stuff going on, it really just brought me back to my years back at UWL and the amount of, even though we're doing like more sports performance training, because 
I was just following some of my buddies' workouts that they were doing because they were division two state champions in football and they were bringing their high school workouts. I'm like, well, dude, if that works, then let's do it. Yeah. It was all bodybuilding anyway. Um, but it is funny now. I just kind of I can feel the, the strength training center there at UWL and I could still smell some of the stuff and I could still see some of the people that it's like, wow. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it is pretty amazing the progression that you can allow. And it is kind of easy to see though. I mean, if, if you're a student and you're not on the track of any kind of fitness, like you're just there for English major, math major, economics, but you like to work out and you go to this and you do this kind of stuff, it is kind of funny how people are drawn back to the old ways, you know, or just, this is what I did back in the past. That's what I'm going to do now. So like, you know, as a guy, it's always bench pressing and whatnot and leg presses. So it is, it is kind of, you can have some empathy for people that don't know any better. It's like, well, I'm going to go start strength training again. Well, I remember doing my buddy's football program back in, you know, whatever year I'm going to find similar exercises like that again. So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. But now you talk about, finding kettlebells like how'd you find kettlebells like what, what what got you on that path uh the place that i went to was alexandria technical community college and they had a health and fitness program there and they had one of the best and still to this day in my opinion one of the best uh facilities that specialized in semi-private training and so it was a business just like yours where it's and like mine obviously i based my model off of that but where it wasn't an open gym concept it was the idea of saying hey you're paying for a professional to help you get to this next level that you wanted and so they had somebody there who had specialized in kettlebell training and functional fitness and our our teacher greg lanners was amazing because he said hey this is a great resource let's bring these guys in have them teach us things and so cj was his name came in and talked to us about kettlebells and was showing us the goblet squat the turkish get up the kettlebell swing um and i remember vividly asking him and this is this is really funny to say uh was towards the end of his 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 presentation and kind of like showing us these things i had asked him because uh, he said you could use this for cardiovascular training. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so you're telling me I don't ever have to do a cardio day or run again in my life if I wanted to. And he he kind of was puzzled a little bit and looked at me and goes, well, not if you don't want to. No. Yeah, you could just do kettlebell swings if you really wanted to. And I immediately said, I'm sold. And then a month or two later, I signed up for my first certification. And then it just kind of windled from there and so it the to answer the question it was that we had a local professional come in and talk to us about uh his specialty in kettlebells and functional fitness now at the time too i mean you signed up for a, a certification did, was your cj contact there did he kind of direct you towards the rkc or did you do a little homework or um, I did a little bit of homework because he, at the time, I don't know if, how familiar you are, but that's when the RKC split and it was SFG RKC. So uh, I went with uh, the RKC at the time because I was a little bit more drawn to that idea. Uh, and uh, I had registered for it. And then I signed up with a other personal trainer from, he was a graduate from the program who did his RKC a year ago. Uh, and so I hired him to be my coach and he helped me understand another realm of fitness. He got me into power lifting in a way that was focused on upper body push, lower body pull, and then also introducing me into other concepts like, uh, 
MoveNet and uh, the functional uh, movement screen, and then also looking at uh, Idle Portel, I think was his name. I, mm -hmm. I, I can't remember that, but like he introduced me to those people. And so he gave me a wealth of knowledge of, of more fitness professionals to follow. Uh, and then once I got to my RKC, it was a matter of uh, getting to meet people who were on the next tier of, of training. And so it really opened up my eyes and my network of people and gave me the real concept of, hey, we're here to teach you this, this these tools and these movements, but also more importantly, we're here to help you understand how to coach. Because I think that was one of the big components too of that course was, can you coach what you just learned? And mm -hmm. I, I really liked that idea. And I thought that when I did my DMRT years later, how Josh incorporated so many concepts into this giant uh, monstrosity of education in the DVRT system. And as you know, I've picked your brain so many times on these concepts and I, I love your approach to understanding it, but also you, you have great analogies. Any tips okay. on how you got to that point? Uh, how I got to the analogies? Yeah, because you do such a great job at it. I think I again, I listen to the podcast. I watch your you, Corey. I I, <laughs> I I like you, man. I, I listen uh, to what you have to say. I appreciate that. Um, I the analogies. I you know what? Okay, so I will be honest. Like you know, I'm always I'm always trying to better my coaching skills. You know, I mean, it's nice to have like a pocket full of things you could say that are quick easy to say, and most importantly, effective. Mm. And even second, most importantly, funny. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, <laughs> you know, just being able to have that because it is like, I just think about sometimes, you know, when I'm passing through and I'm using my coaching lingo and whatnot, and I'll add like a little kind of dry humor joke in there. And you kind of have to be paying attention. I'll know who's paying attention because I'll see them kind of giggle a little bit. Uh, but you know, experience is number one. Mm -hmm. You know, it just... You cannot, you know, and I've been in this game for over 20 years now, and I've, I've never really thought like the funny thing is I wanted to always be a strength coach, but I really never understood the the coach part of it. You know, like if I'm in a sport, if I was a football coach, I would understand what that means. Taking it to the weight room was a little bit challenging for me, I guess. And, you know, when I had my internship with the Chicago Bulls, because those were legitimate strength coaches. Mm -hmm. I kind of got a little firsthand experience about what it means to be a coach and what your role is in the weight room as a coach. But sometimes it's hard because like, even though I leave and I'm a personal trainer, like quote unquote, personal trainer, yeah, I'm still a coach. I still have to, you know, and I, I remember hearing at one time that the coach, just like the coach in the old wild west, like you, you're supposed to take your passenger from point A to point B safely and effectively. And that's, that's what the coach is. So when somebody comes through my gym throughout that session, I'm kind of the micro coach. I have to get them through that session, make sure it's safe and effective. But then as they entrust me with their, their strength needs, like throughout our relationship together, I'm always continually coaching throughout, you know, our life, <laughs> our lifetime together, I guess you could say. So when it and the analogy is, is sometimes I'll use something and it just doesn't stick. You know, and I'll use a little bit. I almost feel like as I say this, I've never really talked about it out loud, but I do think about this. I feel like maybe a stand-up comedian. <laughs> you know, you, you go to a place and you kind of try out some jokes on a crowd. And it's like, yeah. okay, those jokes aren't working very well. 
So let me go redo those jokes. Or wow, maybe that joke did stick. And it's a good, simple thing I could say. So all the if if you hear if you hear all the analogies, I guess through the podcast, through the videos, whatever, that's just over twenty years of trying to make it better. Yeah. So it's always a, and I, I think that's what makes a really good coach is somebody who's always looking at refining their skill. Uh, it, it's always a matter of continuously getting better, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you're we're all capable of coaching and we're good at it, but it's always that matter of mastery as we keep going where it's like, yeah, that landed well, that cue did not land well at all. And so it's always just that balancing act of, of the art of what we do. Yeah. I mean, and you know, cause I've got some pretty honest clients that when I say something like, what does that even mean? I'm like, okay, I guess. Uh, cause if I have to, if, if I have to explain my coaching cue, we're not doing well. And let's not forget you probably appreciate this as much as I do. It's about stealing. <laughs> oh, I mean, sure. you know, you go to these, you go to these certifications, you go to these different pre- presentations, these different summits and all that, and you hear some of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to the point now where I go to these things. And if I could pick up something, I'm not going to say I'm, I know everything. Cause that's no, but a lot of the times on my focus, when I go to these summits and all this is that I want to hear other coaches coach. I want to hear how they present what they have to talk about. Like, how do they get that message across? You know, and so always kind of picking and choosing kind of like cafeteria wise. Wow. And, and then I, I find what I like mm-hmm. and how I can make it my own, right? So right. it's just a lifetime of stealing. But let's get back now. I wanna, I wanna kind of return back to, so where was this RKC cert? And for anybody out there that doesn't know, you know, William mentioned that there's a, there was a split. Um, we don't have to get into the soap opera of it. But their RKC stayed with RKC, and then there was a strong first. Now, you say SFG. What does the G stand for? I forget. Uh, Gira, I think it is pronounced. I, I'm probably mispronouncing it, but okay. it, it's in reference to what they would refer to as a person who's lifting with kettlebells. Sure. Okay. So, but there was the, then they went to the strong first. So somebody branched off, did the strong first. So there's kind of like a little division in the kettlebell family to some degree. And like, sure. it feels like, it feels like, um, game of thrones like where does your loyalty but it's not it's not that violent um but you went with the rkc and when you went like where was the certification held at it was in minneapolis okay so it wasn't too far away no it was about uh at the time maybe a two-hour drive for me so it was just uh yeah am i wrong is now um rkc is was that headquartered in minneapolis is that Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was it. Yeah, okay, that's why. I'm just like, yeah, I feel like now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, yes, they were, that's where they belong. So when you went, though, was there any, like, intimidation? I can only imagine, like, kind of being the newbie, um, you know, new to the all this experience. Like, now all of a sudden, you mentioned, like, this is kind of the next level of people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be a little intimidation, no? I would say that there definitely was, but the thing that was helpful was that a lot of us were in the same boat we're all new like i remember there was a guy who was a psychologist doing Mm. his just because he wanted to do it and learn about it before he turned 50 to do the challenge and so uh i I thought that that was interesting uh the assistants were and the, the you know the people leading it were very uh proper in their way. So it was intimidating. But when we got to go to like a dinner together or lunch, I mean, they were definitely just regular people. And 
they held conversations with us. And uh, I remember Andrew and John Duquesne just being so welcoming and uh, willing to just converse and just answer questions. And I thought that was one of the coolest things was, hey, we can be you know, in a pretty serious situation of like, hey, let's teach you these things, make sure you're listening, make sure you're understanding it. But then also, let's also have this welcoming environment where your peers, you're equal to us, no one's better than anybody. It's that that we're all here to share information. Mm -hmm. And is this kind of where you met Steve Holland or that? Um, it was like not not necessarily at the same spot, but I mean through RKC. Spot, but it led it led me to to meeting him uh, mm. through the the same network, and uh, I remember finding Steve through Mark Fisher Fitness, and okay. uh, he in himself is just an amazing coach. Uh, he has some quirky cues I've stolen from him, but his overall. Uh, diversity in understanding these uh complex systems is is just uh unique because he makes it simple right and for our listeners out there that might not know who steve hollander is this is also aka coach fury we had him on um earlier on in this uh podcast last year he comes out of new york city and he also is a very influential and amazing dvrt coach so he kind of has both worlds where he's a I am not quite sure the levels of RKC, but I mean, he's at the point where he holds and does uh, certifications as he does with DVRT. So I just want to make sure our, our audience is up to uh, snuff with what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So then you, you've met or you found out Steve through Mark, uh, Mark Fisher Fitness mm -hmm. and were you just kind of like Google searching Mark Fisher Fitness or I mean, how did that come about? Uh, at my internship. So I had got done with my, uh, my associates and one of the last requirements was to do an internship which i was fortunate enough to do it at that gym where they specialized in uh functional fitness and having the semi-private model and so i was an intern there and they had such a big emphasis in customer service something that was new to me i because like i i started learning about fitness and how we're coaching and what we're doing and applying these sciences, but the customer service aspect was profound for me because they taught me how to email, how to interact with clients, body language, all these things that most people don't really take into consideration with coaching. Uh, and they, they always talked about customer service and the experience. And I'd asked them, I was like, well, how did you guys, like you said earlier, I'm always thirsty for knowledge and wanting to know as much as I can. Uh, I'd asked them, I was like, well, who, who's teaching you these things? Or how'd you learn about them? And they're like, oh, well, Mark Fisher Fitness. And they showed me this YouTube video. And if you have never seen Mark, he is a ridiculous and I mean ridiculous person who is very out there and so uh, I started watching a lot of his YouTube videos started reading his his blogs and uh, that led me to understanding a little bit more of the softer skills of business mm -hmm. softer skills I like that and you know you're totally right on about that because the the old gym method, I think, I don't want to say it's dead because it's still it's still out there, mm -hmm. you know, where we just you pay for a membership, you know, minimal amount. You come in. I mean, there's really no contact. I mean, you just come in, use our equipment, leave, and 
we expect that you're going to stay for a long time because it's not a, mo- a lot of money. And, you know, you can always justify like, well, it's time to go back to the gym or whatnot. So, but when you start kind of going up the tiers of offering value and amenities, um, you know, the amenities are always nice. That's kind of a, you know, customer service thing. Like, hey, we offer this and this and this, but it's actually having that experience. It's actually having that relationship with people. And as a business, retention is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, it, as a lot of people know, it costs you less to keep a client than it does to try to get a client, right? So, I mean, if you're sitting there and you're trying to pay for advertising and you're doing all this outside, you know, and I think it's very important that you have some kind of means of marketing um, that is paid, whether it's magazine ads, you know, TV ads, whatever you believe in. I think some things are better than others, but you should have some kind of stream of revenue coming through paid, paid marketing, but to keep your clients, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that's really necessary and to know that it's not going to cost you as much. So how do you, so how do you do that? And so what do you, well, I, I'm kind of jumping ahead. I don't want to jump too far ahead. Let's, let's first then let's dial it back to, let's get to restored strength. Cause then I want to find out how are you doing things over there? As you talked about, how are you incorporating? It's kind of easy to just incorporate fitness, right? I mean, like there's certain things you have to do, right? You have to have your methods, you have to have your systems on all that. But that's where that's actually where the rubber meets the road is how you interact with your your clients, customers, you know, whatever you want to call them. So in 20, where am I now with the RKC certification? Am I in 2014? Yep, I got that in 2014. Okay. So after that, what happens? Like where are you at? Uh I moved back to Marshall. Uh at my time at the tech, I created an articulate agreement with the college here. So students were able to graduate from the tech and then transition to the university with full credits. And so that they could graduate in the next two years with their bachelor's in exercise science. And so I moved back here in 2015. And then I started working at a uh, chiropractic office in 2016. So I got back here like uh, end of summer of 2015. I worked at the hospital as a pharmacy technician because I tried working at Anytime Fitness at, at the local gym here. And I was like, this is not my place coming mm-hmm. from a well-structured facility that emphasized the things I valued and then going to the wild, wild west of like, do whatever and figure it out. I'm like, Ooh, this is not my place. And so, uh, I, I found myself, um, working in a chiropractic office as a rehab specialist. And that's where I started really understanding how I could bridge the gap between, uh, what we were doing in this rehab setting with the strength portion of what I've learned. And so uh, after a year of working in this office, the biggest issue I saw was that we could get people out of pain, but then afterwards they had nowhere else to go to maintain or build upon this, this newfound, uh, you know, life of not feeling uh, crappy. And so I, I, I took it upon myself and I knew coming into Marshall, I eventually wanted to open up my own facility that was similar to my internship. I just didn't know how or why or what it would look like until I finally was at a breaking point where I said, all right, I want to do something different. I need to do this now. And so in 2016, uh, I decided to open up my business around the November time 
just getting the process of it. But then by January of 2017 is when we opened up doors. Okay. And, you know, I'm always curious when I talk to um, fitness business owners, uh, you know, you come up with your own name. Like, I think there's people could look at it and be like, okay, I think I know what he means, but where did you, how'd you come up with that? Like, was it just something you've been mulling over or? Uh, I remember uh, in class uh, when I was studying, uh, I, in the boring classes that weren't exercise science related, I would just think of ideas, whether it was programming, whether it was uh, reading articles, whatever it was. But then it finally came to that idea where I was like, okay, I'm going to open up my own business eventually. What would I call it? And I thought about it and it was a matter of finding out what it was, what the impact was of what I was doing. Because once I started working with people, and as you know, as a coach, you start seeing people kind of open up more. They, they walk with more confidence. They, they, they can feel better. They have this ability of saying, hey, I couldn't do this before, but now I can. And so I wanted to find a way of showing people that everybody is capable of being strong everybody is and you know strong is not one definition of as much weight as you can lift in my opinion it's the ability to overcome uh, anything that feels like adversity anything that's troubling you anything that is hindering you from not being able to do the things in your life and so for me it was a matter of helping people regain that piece of them that they had lost through something i was passionate about which was strength training I think, I mean, it's a great title. I really like it because it's just almost, you know, where people are like, okay, I can be strong. I was strong. Like, okay, you can restore my strength. You know, I, it's, it's almost like your, your mission statement in your own uh, business title, right? Your own business name. So that's pretty cool. I, I appreciate that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's neat when you talk about like when you were at the uh, rehab center there in the hospital, and I think you and I, if you, know, you do the functional movement screen system things, mm-hmm. and for our audience out there that doesn't know, it's a pretty amazing system that it can calculate, I don't calculate, but you can you can actually, um, I was gonna say monetize, but that's not right. You can numerically value somebody's movement patterns, right? You can put a little quantity, quantity to the quality, right? So you can put a number, number to the quality. That's what I'm trying to say. And... Yeah. You know, I remember Greg Cook always talking about that, the fact of, you know, the clinicians do a great job getting people out of pain. You know, you go see a clinician, it's a shoulder problem. So they'll do what they have to do to clear you of that pain. You're good to go. But then you always, I should say always, but if you don't have any way to keep up with that, you're going to fall back into that same skeletal muscular injury, which they'll say like 99% of your skeletal muscular injuries is because of a previous skeletal muscular injury. Mm-hmm. So it is nice when you can have that intervention now, you know, insurance doesn't pay for your therapy anymore and it's time to move on that you can find somebody that kind of knows exactly what, well, I don't know, exactly might not be the best word, but we have a better roadmap instead of just going back like, Hey, you got to get strong. You got to, you know, got to lift weights. You got to work out. Mm-hmm. So generic is that, you know, so people are like, Oh, I gotta go work out. Well, I'm just going to go back to anytime fitness and, I'm going to do what I was doing before because now I, I have no pain. And then, you know, whatever life circumstances, they fall back on those same compensations that boom, there it goes, you know, and now they go back and see the PT because their shoulder problem. And right. I think those, I think the PTs and all the other clinicians, chiropractics, all this, you know, they're so inundated with 
people, you know, that they don't want to see repeat customers as much as we think they do, you know, is no, they've got enough on their plate that they just can't, you know, I mean, their, their time slots are always filled. Mm-hmm. So it is nice when there could be a referral system or somebody is looking for a gym and they Google and they're just like, Oh, there's something, this looks unique. This looks different, you know, but now you can educate them. Mm-hmm. You can give them that experience that they couldn't get from another location. You know, that they, not only do they get the benefits and they're successful, but they're also having a good time doing it because I, I'm pretty sure that if somebody went to a gym and they felt like they were getting the benefits and they were successful, but they weren't having fun, you know, that, that only lasts for so long before they get bored. And when they get bored, it's either I'm going to go find something else or I'm just going to stop doing it because I'm feeling pretty good. You know, we can always, we're like our worst coaches. They're like, oh, I'm feeling good. I'm going to stop doing things now because I'm good, you know, until, until it doesn't happen. Um, so when you start getting to restore strength, I mean, there's, I remember when I was starting fitness line down, there's just this kind of like, ooh, you know, I mean, you're, you're taking a calculated risk. Mm-hmm. Like you're not just flying blindly into this, but there's some crazy things that are happening. I mean, you're ready to start a business and not only a business, but a, a fitness business, you know? And I mean, this, for a lot of people, it's hard to be successful in that realm. So how, how did you navigate through some of those like, negative talks I imagine that was happening in your head like it was happening in my head you know uh I I I always tell people this like there's something about me like deep down into my core that says that uh this is what I this is what I'm meant to do this is what I do and as long as I stick with this path and just know why I'm doing it what I'm doing it for and just know that vision and just continuously remind myself that I'm doing the right thing, which is uh, helping people. I will get to where I go and where I continue to go is uh, a matter of kind of trust in, in myself, most importantly. And mm-hmm. so as, as I, I was going through this, I, I remember being told, no, when I went to the bank, because I had no idea. I literally had no idea. And like, I went to this bank that I had a loan previously with and I had asked, Hey, I want to start a business, but I don't know where to start. What do I do? And the guy made me, uh, and like, I, I understand it, but at the time it was difficult. Like he, he made me feel dumb mm-hmm. and on, I, I didn't like that. And so I remember walking away and being like, well, maybe I shouldn't do this. And I was like, mm that's just one answer. Let's go find somebody else. And I went to a different bank a couple of days later. And the first thing this guy says to me is like, all right, cool, let's figure this out. And he helped me get to that. And so every time I was faced with uh, some type of adversity or something that was a roadblock, uh, I, I navigated through by talking to other people and asking for help when I needed it. And I just remember that uh, a lot of times it's a matter of people really enjoy helping others. And so uh, it's kind of like giving somebody a gift. Everybody, like when people ask you for help, you feel great. And I always challenge people. I was like, well, why wouldn't you want to do that to others by asking them for the same thing. And so uh, to navigate through all those things was a matter of uh, this persistent purpose I had within myself, but also asking for help along the way. 
Well, and that's, that's a very powerful thing, especially when you are in a, I mean, you're ready to start a business. There's a little vulnerability and it's good to lean on people that can help out. And it is funny talking about banks because, you know, I just see a lot of the way we did things is how you started your stuff. Cause I didn't know. Um, I thought that I needed a business loan. So I was going around and I was applying for business loans and I'd walk in and I'd bring some equipment with me so I could show them. And I had my, my business plan set up with all the guesstimated numbers and things like this. And um, I worked hard on that. I was pretty proud of it. And I would go to the banks and, you know, I was, I only had two different banks that actually out of like five or something. So, you know, it wasn't too many, but going to five different banks can be a little exhausting presenting about what you want to do. And I, I remember one bank, you know, I feel like the same experience where there's like, we, we think what you're doing, what you want to do is pretty cool. However, you know, you have no collateral. So we, you know, we can't give you a loan because we don't want to take your sandbags. Like, you know, <laughs> you, or they, they didn't say we don't want to take your sandbags. They're like, your sandbags don't mean anything. You know, mm-hmm. that's not enough. Uh, that's not enough to have. You know, that's just not, it's not costly enough. It's not valuable enough. And we don't want to take your home. I don't remember they said if or when your gym fails. Um, yeah, I forget. But and so I'm sitting there like, man, how do I, and it's not like I needed a lot of money. That's the fun thing about how we do things here now in this, you know, in this present age is we don't have to buy all that bodybuilding equipment we were talking about earlier that would just set you back. You know, it's so funny, right? That same bank, if you came to them and said, I want to buy all this equipment for my gym, they'd be like, all right, let's do it. You know, you've got enough capital now that we can, we can take that. <laughs> we can take that from you. But when you just want to start something simple and smartly, you know, you're being pretty responsible that you're not overextending your, your, your budget. So I just, one bank said, well, we can't give you a loan, but we can give you a line of credit. I'm like, Oh, what's this? And like, well, it's just basically a credit card. You know, we'll give you a certain limit. And you know, when you need to draw money from it, it's there for you and you just pay it back, you know, of course with interest. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. So I started the line of credit and the rest is history kind of. <laughs> I still see that same banker once in a while because, um, you know, it's just a small community. He doesn't know who I am, but I remember him. And I'm like, yeah, okay, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like it's not like the bank that gave me the line of credit was rolling in hands over fist of money either, right? It's, it's almost like you said, it was kind of a, a nice gift, but it's something that the bank should do for the community because this is a way you can help community with a small business growth. And different things like that. So I don't want to get off. I mean, I have no chips on my shoulder anymore. I did for a while. And that, you know, once I got to a certain level, I'm like, I'm done with that. But uh, so here we are now, Restored Strength. How many years have you guys been in business? Uh, Currently, we're at six and a half years. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, there is something about getting past like the three-year and the five-year hump. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I know we got our eyes on the prize for the 10 years here next year. But it's just, you got to feel like every year you, you get through with another year of being a business, like, wow, it's just, you know, there's something about yeah, my business can go out from underneath my feet any day. I mean, just whatever could happen could happen. I feel pretty confident after surviving a pandemic, but um, any day, but there is something just really satisfying and just feeling accomplished. You know, I mean, there's some, I mean, you got to feel pretty proud about yourself. Like I'm a, I'm a business owner and I'm going to, I'm a, my business didn't like tank after three years. Like we have a little bit of staying power now. It's nice to have that because it it shows that what you're doing is truly impactful. And I think that's for me, the, the biggest message was that 
I'm doing this because I wanted to, like I said, it's always about helping people. And so I wanted to help people. And it's as long as my business is running and functioning, I'm living my life's purpose every day. And it's, uh, you know, like, I, don't get me wrong. Like, obviously life does get busy and it does feel like work from time to time, but for the most part, uh, I wake up and I'm excited. I look forward to Mondays. I, I, cause it's like the start of the week. I get to hang out with my clients. We get to, uh, catch up and it, it, it's a matter of having, uh, and now I'm in this new role as I've grown to be, hey, it's time to start bringing in uh, students who are graduating from the uh, the exercise science program here or who are needing internships or jobs, helping them become that next coach. And so it's nice to have that ability to be a mentor for them, to give them this opportunity to impact the lives of others the way I have. And so for me, it took a while to get to this point, but now I'm like, hey, it's time to let other people have this ability to wake up and be as excited as I am to come in and hang out with some really fun people and make a powerful impact on them. Well, true, true story. And I just think like the, the industry is only going to be better served by people that want to share this information. And, you know, because it's still not very, you know, there's a the functional training stuff, but like, you know, kettlebells can be really butchered by people. DVRT, as we know, I mean, it's, it's a great system. There's a lot, you have to invest a lot of time and energy, which is for me, it's invaluable. Like it's worth it um, to learn more and to, you know, because it's not, we talk about this a lot on the podcast because obviously it's the fitness line down podcast and fitness line down does DVRT things, mm-hmm. but it's not, you know, the DVRT system is not strictly just we're lifting with sandbags, right? There's so much other things that you can apply the, the coaching cues, the, the know-how. And, you know, it's just amazing. Like when people understand about using the ultimate sandbag for all these different reasons, sometimes that knowledge of the sandbag helps them with holding kettlebells, you know, mm-hmm. in a proper way. Um, using bands, using suspension trainers, all these other pieces of tools that we like to use in regards to functional training. So it is, I mean, it's a fantastic thing to be able to hand this on to other people because like you, we get interns, we get people that are coming for job shadows and whatnot, and they really have no idea about, you know, they're just being kind of fed and what the university is talking about. The university, you know, education is still like so far behind, you know, a lot of is just what we've been doing through the, through the eighties and the nineties of even in sports performance, it's still like power cleans with a barbell. And I'm not saying that any of this stuff is wrong, Mm -hmm. but our culture needs better. You know, people that are sitting at their desk or in front of their zoom cameras for so long, they can't be going to the gym and doing barbell power cleans. You know, they need better. They need something that's going to serve their purpose and keep them in the game of life longer, healthier, and with more strength. So again, I'm not going to, I loved, you know, I mean, I used to do a lot of barbell power cleans and snatches and things. I think that's a great thing. I think it has its place, but I just work with the general population. I'm not so keen on it anymore. I feel like, you know, you only have so much. And I love what you were saying before, like way earlier, because I remember that kind of hit me being in this business to help people and whatnot. Like I've mentioned this before in the podcast too, but I, I see it. I see it in your face and I, I hear it in your voice. Like we have as personal trainers as fitness coaches who, you know, whatever you want to label us goofballs <laughs> <laughs> is we have the ability to really impact somebody's life because we see them so much more, you know, they see their doctor maybe once, twice a year, they see their dentist, you know, all these people that are helping them stay healthy. 
but they see us once, twice, maybe three times a week. Like that's a lot of points of contact. And we have that power to make their life better. And if it's not like their life per se, their day better, mm-hmm. you know, that they might come in with this load of garbage because the day's just been dumping on them all day long. And they come in and we're able to kind of start taking some of that stuff off their shoulders and, you know, listening to them, honoring them, you know, and acknowledging them and lifting them up and not just through fitness, right? Like, that's the funny thing is this is not about exercises. (laughs) This is exercise is almost secondary. This is, this is people, you know, we're in a people business and I need to know them because you're talking about Mark Fisher fitness and customer service. Like, how are you blending that together, restored strength to keep your clients engaged? And I know, I mean, no matter what, we want to help people, but we also have to pay our bills. <laughs> you know, like we, it has, and so I don't want to just help people happily, like as a charity thing. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a service, but I want them to stick on. Like, I don't want people to be like, you know, that year was great. I'm glad I experienced this. I'm going to go see something else now, mm-hmm. you know? So how, how do you get people to stick around longer? Honestly, it's just being ourselves and following uh, the idea of prioritizing our customer service and to, to dive deeper into that. It's by having conversations. Honestly, people really care and they show up more when you actually get to know them as an individual where uh, Mark has a great thing of saying, hey, we wanna be the cheers of fitness where you walk in, you're greeted by your name and you're not ignored. And so for us, it's a matter of learning how to communicate with our, with our members. It's addressing them by their name, asking them how they're doing. If there's anything new we need to be aware of. So we need to adjust the training if on the floor if we need to. But it's a matter of knowing that we're a part of their daily routine or their weekly routine. Uh, we're there for them to say, hey, we are the experts in this modality of fitness. Um, but not only that, we're also regular people. So we're going to talk about the things we did over the weekend, uh, you know, new ideas that are coming to the business or how's work going? How's that project you were talking about? Hey, I heard that your kids did really great this weekend at this uh, soccer event. How did they do? And you you get to know them as an individual by their name. Uh, You get to be able to show them that you actually care. And I think that's the thing that most people don't understand is that when it comes to fitness, it's always, for me, it's always been about helping others and it's about being there as a support for them, but more importantly, having conversations and just kind of shooting the breeze with them and just being like, Hey, cause there's a stigma around fitness people and you and I, and many others are leading this new front of, Hey, we're not just living at the gym and it's our life. Like, no, we have lives outside of this. We enjoy uh, eating pizza and having ice cream and uh, being regular people like you and I, I just managed to have a passion of wanting to know more about this idea and how I can help simplify it for yourself so that you can do more activities like going on vacation, uh, being able to have more confidence in your day, knowing that, you know, one of my things is like by 7 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they're always laughing. They're always saying, this is my favorite part of the day. I love this group. And I always tell people, I'm just here to hang out with you guys. I'm just I'm giving you some ideas of what I think 
would help. And then outside of that, I'm just hanging out here. And don't get me wrong, I'm kind of like laying a blanket statement on that. I am coaching, I am adjusting, and I'm doing the things that we do. But more importantly, uh, what we're doing here, all of us here at Restored Strength, is we're just being people who are helping others uh, be supportive of their physical and mental health by having a community of like-minded people and by prioritizing how fitness should help you feel better, uh, not break you down. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And like you said, it's kind of a new front because even though we've been battling this for a little while, it's there's still that mentality of just, you know, grind it out, no pain, no gain, things like this. And it sounds like, you know, because I was about to ask, you know, just as you're talking, and maybe you got something like with a client, like what's like your most recent win with a client, do you think? Just like right before this call, I had a client who came in and uh, I, I got her through a, a six week course I did at the university called Gold College, where we work with uh, more of an older population. And I did six weeks on strength training. And so I incorporated all these aspects, habits, mobility, uh, proper exercises, all these aspects. And I, I was just kind of sharing my ideas and my my thoughts on how we can take care of our physical health. Uh, and she was like, I've had this shoulder injury for so long. Uh, I believe that you can help me. And I said, I'm going to do my best. And so uh, our first day was was a little uh, kind of trial and error of like, okay, what are we capable of doing? Second day was, all right, now I have an idea. Let's definitely keep going in, in the route we're going. Today, she came in and she said, I sat for five hours and was able to get up and move around. I had no low back pain. I had no shoulder pain. I was able to watch my grandkids play uh, volleyball and I was there to support them the entire time. And I just feel really good about being able to do that. And to me, I was like, and she, for her, she's like, I know it's not a big thing. And I was like, no, no, no. Those are the most important things because it's those little successful wins that are the biggest wins because it's always about uh, comparing yourself to where you were a week ago, a day ago, a year ago. You're always improving. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, imagine yourself, your first year of business to where you're at now. Mm -hmm. Huge difference. But we're, we're so caught up in this idea that either we're not enough or we're, we're like, oh, it's not that significant. And it's like, well, yeah, it is. It's huge to say that you got up and off the ground. It's huge to say you sat there and supported your granddaughter by being there and not feeling afraid of pain. And so when I think about the wins that we're helping people is reminding them of these things that are critically important, uh, but also allowing people to, to reflect and be like, oh man, that was a hard part of my life that isn't a challenge anymore. And so it's giving people those reminders that, hey, what you're doing is working. And as long as you're consistent, you're showing up and you're adjusting as you need, you're going to keep getting the results you're looking for. And, you know, the best part about that is I just love that because your win, you know, I mean, as much as it's nice to have PRs in the gym or whatnot, it wasn't a gym thing. It was a life thing. And like I mentioned, this is us having the ability to make an impact in somebody's life through fitness. Um, and it's it's pretty cool. And, you know, as you mentioned, I know it was a blanket statement, like, yes, you are on the floor, you're working, you're coaching, you're not just sitting there eating, eating cheesy poofs and watching people work out. Um, but it is, I mean, sometimes you got to step back and be like, I can't believe I make a living doing this. Like, this right. is kind of insane. Uh, so I want to kind of wrap up here, but I got I got three questions that I don't, 
I, I don't know if I've asked lately, but I'm going to ask today. And maybe if you've listened to the podcast before, maybe you've heard these questions. I don't know. Um, hopefully you're not ready for them. <laughs> it's not an on the spot thing, but they're, they're fun questions. I think it really, these three questions, I feel like can really kind of zero in on more of how William operates, what's, what's in his brain, right? Mm-hmm. So the first question, which is, I believe the most important question, you could plan your last meal on earth. What's it going to be? That's a great question. Last meal. Uh, I, I, I'm stuck between uh, burritos and pizza because uh, as you and I, we're big fans of Qdoba. And so like, <laughs> I, I think of that and I think of pizza. Uh, and so, ooh, if I really had to cut it down to it, I think I'm going to have to go with a shredded beef burrito and call it good there. I love pizza so much, but I really love shredded beef more, I guess. <laughs> well, that's, that's impressive. I mean, I was going to say like, let's just cut up the pizza, put it in a burrito, you know, and you can have like, <laughs> it's almost like the pasta bread bowl, you know, it's like, right. <laughs> and it's your last meal anyway. So you're not gonna, you know, and I'm, I'm feeling from this conversation earlier that there's got to be a bowl of ice cream somewhere after that. Oh, absolutely. What's the flavor of ice cream you reach for? Um, so it, it, it's, it's, oh, okay. You know what? I'm just going to be straight up forward and honest. It's going to be Chunky Monkey from Ben and Jerry. Okay. Well, I mean, that's no, we don't need to be hiding anything. It's the last meal. <laughs> All right. Next question. Let's just say you never, you never really got in the industry of fitness. Like that wasn't your passion or purpose. You know, you got blue sky ahead of you. There's no, you know, nobody stopping you. What do you think you would want to do with the rest of your life? If it wasn't for fitness. Uh, I would still continue being in the service of helping people. And I would see myself in a therapist role. I'd, I'd love to go down into uh, helping people understand their mental health and navigate through that because, I mean, I've had my own struggles and I know a lot of people who've had their own and it's, it's, it's just like fitness. You and I are able to take care of our physical health. Uh, mental health is the same way. People still need to have these skills uh, to navigate through, through life. And so I, I would find myself serving others through this conversation. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I felt like it was going to be somewhere around the realm of therapy, helping people, because I just, that's kind of the nature of you feels like, all right, last question. I think I already know the answer to this, but I still have to ask it. Uh, this last question might be a little bit more, uh, dare we say esoteric, um, Kind of, I feel like successful people are motivated by one of two things. I'm not saying like it has to be black and white, but I feel like, and again, I I feel like I already know this answer. Uh, The first person, the first motivation is the sunny optimist. They're always going for the win. That's what motivates them is the next win, their next, uh, I don't want to say feel good moment, but they're always charging up the hill, no matter what's going wrong. Like I just got to get that next victory. Uh, The other uh, is going to be the fear of, so the other one is, yes, the motivation victory. The other one is going to be more of a, the best way to put it is Michael Jordan. Like you have your wins, but they don't last a second. Like you don't enjoy them very much because you're, it's more of like the agony defeat. We'll call it that. Like, that's what actually motivates you is, you know, you win a championship, you do something. It's like, all right, I'm fine. And you kind of wear this as a backpack. Like it's always weighing you down, you know, Michael Jordan, all these uh, things that he's accomplished. He's like, but I missed all these shots too. Right. So it's always like that aching defeat is what keeps you motivated for the next success. Right. But even when that comes, you hold on to it for a second and you just move on forward. Right. So 
We got the thrill of victory. We got the agony of defeat. Where do you find yourself? I got to say victory. I, yeah, like, I figured it was. <laughs> I, I, I love that ability of like knowing that things are are, are challenging and uh, it's a matter of how you choose to respond because it's it's easy to give up and it's easy to just kind of let life weigh you down. And so if you decide to take everything on as a challenge in a way that you can persevere, it it kind of lets you know that, hey, I, I'm ready for this. And even though you might not be, as long as you have that mindset of like, well, I'm always up for a challenge, it kind of makes it exciting. And I kind of get giddy about it because mm-hmm. it's like, all right, what's next? And so I, I, I like that ability to have challenges and I just know for myself, it's what helps me excel forward because when I meet or talk with other people, uh, it's a matter of having them know that they've overcome their own and that they can have their own uh, motivational coach within themselves of being like, hey, man, you went through hard things before and look at where you're at now. I'm no different from you because we both have brains for the most part. Uh, we're both breathing. We're both talking. But if, if you can help others remind themselves that uh, they're capable of doing hard things, I feel that we're helping others uh, move forward with being their own example. Well, that's really well put. <laughs> no, great job. Yeah. Be, you know, being your own example. I like that. And, and there is something about, you know, being optimistic and how I think in this world nowadays, you know, there's a lot of pessimism. There's a lot of, you know, I don't want to say the agony defeat. It's like nobody enjoys losing, but it's just like kind of that, that's what motivates them. But there is something about being optimistic, especially in a world that can be a little bit gloomy, you know, with all the stuff we've been going through and just, you know, how life is for a lot of people. They don't really see a lot of light in their life. So it's nice to be able to provide that optimism and, you know, as we've talked about throughout this uh, episode is to build them up, to lift them up and let them know that you are valuable. Like you do matter. And we're excited you're here, not just in my gym, but I'm excited you're alive because you're just, you're able to add on. And I think having that is what would be best described as that ripple effect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, they're like, oh my goodness. Like, I'm so happy today because I, you know, I had a great workout Maybe I didn't have a great workout, maybe, but my trainer still like encouraged me and I feel optimistic about that. And I'm going to bring that outside the gym, right? And maybe that, maybe that goes into their family life. Maybe they find, you know, I don't know. I just, there's so many things that I think at the end, we're going to see how we actually helped out even more than just a couple of drops of sweat. Yeah. And so uh, I'm going to wrap that up because as I usually tell people, especially about this time, I have kids to pick up. They still in school. So I got to take care of that, even though it is a beautiful sunny day here in Wisconsin and uh, they can sit out a little bit longer, <laughs> but I have, um, I have to get my youngest daughter to dance. Now here's something, maybe my audience, if they've gotten this far in the podcast, they'll find out is that I am signed up. I say I got to pick them up and all of a sudden I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> I'm, signed, I'm signed up for a daddy-daughter dance with my uh, youngest, right? So she's nine. And it's a, this is quite the production. I'm pretty impressed by this. Like there's choreograph and all this and it's a jock jams theme. Ooh. So I'm dancing hip hop. And <laughs> coming from a guy that doesn't dance, like this is pretty amazing. So we've got lessons, we've got YouTube videos to practice and uh, Ruthie and I, we've been doing this and this is gonna be next weekend, next Saturday. 
and we're doing our our song is to the Space Jam, so that old movie with Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. But then there's also like an all everybody gets together and they do Marky Mark, uh, Good Vibrations. <laughs> so I'm having fun with it because I didn't think I would have fun. Like this is totally outside of my comfort zone. But first of all, to be able to do it with my daughter is awesome. But I appreciate the athleticism of dancing. You know, my wife who loves dancing, and I I come home after the first day of practice. And she's like, "How did it go?" And I'm just this kind of guy. I'm like, I can't believe how that actually gets your heart rate going. And she all of a sudden starts taking me seriously, and she realizes I'm just joking. And then I get that <laughs> disgusted eye roll, like you're such a you know, you know. But anyway, so I have to get ready because you know, in like less than two weeks, I'm going to be on stage performing, and hopefully, I don't break a leg. <laughs> but with that, William, I just want to say I'm very, I'm very happy and very grateful that you were able to find the time to come on and uh, have this conversation with me for the Fitness Line Down podcast. So appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I look forward to more episodes because Corey, you are a wealth of knowledge, and it's great to hear the things you have to say. And most importantly, you're bringing on people who are sharing this idea of how fitness is gonna help people improve the quality of their life. That was very thoughtful and touching, I appreciate that. I, uh, I need to bring you on more because you're helping my ego. Uh, <laughs> but with that, yeah, so you just keep rocking it, uh, restore strength, make, uh, make Western Minnesota a little bit better. And um, for all my listeners out there, until the next time that we speak, Godspeed.